Hey friends, this is Clark Cowden here, and I want to thank you for joining with me on this new podcast, uh, Clark's Compelling Catwalk. Uh, the catwalk is a small, narrow bridge that connects uh, two destinations together. And uh, during this podcast, I will be talking about the connections between the biblical world and our contemporary world and seeing why that matters and why that's important and how the two inform each other so that we can live the best lives we possibly can. Over the next uh, coming six or seven weeks, uh, I'm uh, going to be listing here a series of sermons that I'm doing uh, on the story of God. Uh, We're going to be looking at the big ideas of the whole Bible, particularly what it says about the kingdom of God, the church of God, and the mission of God. Uh, We're going to be looking at questions about our identity and our purpose. Who are we and why are we here? We're going to be talking about what God is doing in our world and where we fit into the mission of God. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Uh, It's available online and on Spotify. I encourage you, if you like what you hear, to uh, share it with your friends and uh, subscribe to the podcast and let others know that it's here. Uh, Thanks for being a part of this new growing community. So let's go ahead and get started. What is the big story of the entire Bible? Oftentimes what happens in church, in worship, in Bible studies, small groups, Sunday school classes is that we look at a chapter or a paragraph or even just a verse in the Bible and dig into it and see what it means for our lives. That's great. But sometimes we fail to see how each particular section fits into the big picture of the entire Bible. Sometimes we need to take a step back so we don't miss the forest for the trees. So this morning, I want us to look at the story of the whole Bible from beginning to end in about 20 minutes. It's important we understand the big story of what God is doing in our world so that we can see where each one of us fits into it. When you read the whole Bible, there are five key elements you need to understand to grasp the big story of the most important book ever written. Are you ready? Here we go. The big idea of the Bible is that it's about the kingdom of God. When you read Jesus' teachings in the Gospels, the main thing he teaches people about is the kingdom of God. The overarching idea of the whole Bible is that God has chosen to establish his kingdom on earth. And there are five key chapters to this big story. Number one is the creation of the kingdom. The very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. 
And evening passed, and morning came the first day. The rest of the chapter goes on to tell us that God created the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the animals, and ultimately people. The first chapter of the Bible ends by telling us that everything was good. The point is to tell us that God is our creator. God created you and God created our world. We are not here by accident. You are here for a reason. You have been created in the image of God. And in the beginning, there was no evil, no sickness, and no pain in our world. Nothing was wrong with our world. Everything was good. Chapter 2 of the big story of the Bible is the rebellion against the kingdom, or what we call sin. God created Adam and Eve. They were perfect people in a perfect world. But it wasn't enough. They got into a conversation with the serpent or Satan who tricked them into thinking that God was holding something back from them. There was only one tree in the Garden of Eden that God told them not to eat from, the tree of life. The serpent said if they did eat from it, their eyes would be opened and they would be like God. They decided they wanted to be like God. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 says, The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. By disobeying God, their relationship with him was broken. As soon as that happened, they were ashamed of what they had done. They tried to cover it up. They covered up their bodies, and later on, they tried to pass the blame. God removed them from the Garden of Eden, and evil began to eat away at our world. Sin is like a disease that makes us sick and ultimately will kill us. The Bible says now we are all born with a sin nature, a sin orientation, the tendency to do the wrong thing. Given a choice, our natural inclination is always to do the selfish thing, whatever is best for me. Sin is like a virus. You can't see it. It's invisible. You don't realize you are a carrier, but you can pass it on to other people. Without some kind of treatment or vaccine or outside intervention, it will make us sick and it will kill us. We can't heal ourselves. We need someone else who can develop a cure to inject into our bodies because we aren't born with the spiritual immune system to fight it off on our own. Chapter 3 of the big story of the Bible is the salvation of the kingdom. 
In Genesis 3.15, when God is talking to the serpent, he says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Jesus is the offspring of the woman who will strike a fatal death blow to the serpent, and he will only be able to bite Jesus on the heel. Thousands of years later, this prophecy would come true. Jesus would be born into the world to live among us, teach us, mentor us, disciple us, suffer for us, die for us, and then come back to life for us. He is the antidote to the sin virus, so you can recover from your spiritual sickness. So in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 to 13, Paul says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the good news of the gospel. This is God's plan to save us from the sin virus, to heal us, to bring us back into a right relationship with him, and to bring healing to the whole world. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Chapter 4 of the big story of the Bible is the mission of the kingdom. The mission of the kingdom has to do with the great commandment and the great commission. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was in the Bible, in Mark 12, 30 and 31, he said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The Great Commission is Jesus' final words to his disciples before he returned to heaven in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. He said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When you put the Great Commandment and the Great Commission together, you see that the mission of God is about loving God, loving your neighbor, and loving your neighborhood. Practically, how do we carry this out in our time? In Matthew 25, Jesus tells us to feed the hungry, give drinks to the thirsty, Show hospitality to strangers, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit those in prison. In Jeremiah 29, God tells his people to seek the welfare of the community where I have sent you, 
and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. The mission of God is holistic. We are called to care for people's spiritual needs, physical needs, social needs, and mental and emotional needs. We are called to care for the whole person and the whole world. We are called to reverse the curse, to lead people into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, to see their lives change to become more like Christ, and to join God's work of restoring his kingdom on earth. So the first four chapters of the big story of the Bible are the creation of the kingdom, the rebellion against the kingdom, the salvation of the kingdom, and the mission of the kingdom. The fifth and final chapter of the big story of the Bible is the future restoration of the kingdom. At the end of time, Jesus will return to earth to make things right again. And God will reestablish his kingdom here as it was in the beginning. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 5 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne, saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. This is the hope we have for the future. One day, God will return to reestablish his kingdom on earth. And all who have been saved from the sin virus by Jesus will live in a perfect world. There will be no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. God will wipe every tear from our eyes. And all those bad things will be gone forever. In Revelation 22.2, John gives us this picture of a river flowing from the throne of God. And on each side of the river are trees of life, and their leaves will be used for the healing of the nations. This is what we need. The healing of the nations. We need physical healing from disease. We need political healing from our disagreements. We need social and relational healing from relationships that have been torn apart. And we need mental and emotional healing from the fears and anxieties that paralyze us. The future world is a world of hope. And it will be so much better than we could ever ask or think. 
The Bible is the most important story of all time. It is the big story that gives meaning to all of our individual stories. And all the stories in the Bible fit into this overarching story of the kingdom of God. The creation of the kingdom, the rebellion against the kingdom or sin, the salvation of the kingdom, the mission of the kingdom, and finally one day, the complete restoration of the kingdom. Today, we are living in chapter four of the big story, the mission of the kingdom. The question for us is, where do we fit into the mission of God? What is it that God is wanting you to do? What part does God want you to play? Well, first of all, we need to make sure we've received the antidote to the sin virus. We need to believe in Jesus, accept him into our life, follow him, and allow his Holy Spirit to transform us every day. Second, we need to realize that God has called us and chosen us to join his team. You are so important to God that he chose you before the foundation of the world. And Jesus died to give you new life. You matter to God. He has a part he wants you to play on his team. What is it? I think it always has something to do with what you are good at, what you love to do, and what serves the world. What are the natural talents and abilities God has given you? What are the spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit has given you? What energizes you and excites you? Who are the people God has called you to serve? We are living in a time of great need. There is a global pandemic going on in our world. People are losing their jobs. People are getting sick and dying. People are scared. People are fearful of losing their loved ones. What is God calling you to do during this time of uncertainty and instability? God may be calling you to pray for other people. God may be calling you to share what you know about Jesus with someone who doesn't know him yet. You can check in on people and see how they're doing. If you are healthy, you can give blood. If you have money, you can give that. You can give encouragement, hope, friendship, emotional support. Even when you are social distancing, there is still a lot you can do. Keep your eyes and ears open. God gives us opportunities every week where we can join his mission. All of our lives fit into the big story of God. We are all important to God. We all have a part to play. The big story is about the creation of the kingdom, the rebellion against the kingdom or sin, the salvation of the kingdom, the mission of the kingdom, and the restoration of the kingdom. Where can you help advance the kingdom of God this week? Let us pray together. Dear God, we thank you for all the things that you have done for us. 
we know that each one of us is just a small component in the big story of the whole globe. We are just small specks in the story of, of history on our planet. There are so many people and events and things that have taken place. And yet, each one of us is so important to you. You care about each of us so much. You love us more than we understand. Lord, if any of us listening today have not connected with you before, I pray that we would do that now, that we would not be in rebellion against you, that we would accept the vaccine of Jesus to the sin virus, and that you would restore us to yourself and show us where we can be a part of your mission that you are leading here on earth. We thank you that you include us and that you invite us to be a part of a mission and a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. And we pray that you would open our eyes to see where you are leading us to go in the future. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining me today. I hope that you'll check back in uh, next week for the next episode of Clark's Compelling Catwalk. God bless. Stay safe. See you next week.